What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 58, and today's guest, we have Bianca Muscatelli, CEO of Be Bronze. How are you today? I'm great. I love that accent on oh, my name. <laughs> <laughs> how's, it, how's it going with you? How's, it, how's everything? Everything is great. I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Day to day. So uh, break down on who Bianca Muscatelli is and where she's from and everything. Um, I am an artist. Mm-hmm. I am from Buffalo, New York. Uh, I sing, I dance, I act, and I have a mobile spray tan business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now growing up in Buffalo, who are some of your like inspirations and stuff like that, whether it's music, whether it's people <laughs> that you're still inspired by? Um, well, growing up, um, specifically in Buffalo, mm-hmm. I knew that everyone was like, they were huge fans of Rick James and mm-hmm. uh, Brian McKnight. Like those were the top two, like Buffalo related. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say, um, basically, the people that I grew up watching on TV. So like Janet Jackson, Britney Spears, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez. Um, those were really the people that I really admired. Mm-hmm. Did you try to like emulate their dances as a kid? Oh, for sure. I was definitely the little girl watching award shows, recording them teaching mm-hmm. myself the choreography yeah. and then making my dad film me. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have, I'm pretty sure you still have those recordings, right? Just to My keep dad them. definitely has them. Yeah, for sure. I would keep those because those, those are like gems and stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. What, what began like the dancing? Like what made you fall in love with it? Um, I, I didn't really know anything besides dance because by two years old, I was already dancing. I, I was in dance classes. Mm-hmm. like a few days a week my parents put me in as soon as I could walk oh so you've been okay and then that kind of led to like acting and singing and all of that um yeah so I trained in dance and then in fifth grade I enrolled in a performing arts school mm-hmm. so that's when I started doing acting I joined a theater company outside mm-hmm. of school mm-hmm. um yeah, so I just kind of got involved in all of the arts by going to the performing arts school. Nice, nice. Do you have like any, uh, who are like your favorite actors and actresses in favorite movies? Do you have any specific ones or? Um, favorite actresses? No, not really. Um, no, I don't. No, you don't? You just I, like... I, I always, I always kind of like wanted to see myself in roles like that Jennifer Lopez would do when she... Mm-hmm. Mostly her like silly, lighthearted rom-com stuff. As a, now, as an actor, obviously, do you, what, which roles do you feel more comfortable playing? Are you more comfortable with? And what are some roles that you would feel like you can play that are not in your comfort zone, for example? Like for me as an actor, I like to play the comedy because that's my own comfort zone. Because I'm not a funny guy. So it's like I'd rather <laughs> challenge myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what? As opposed to like doing movies and stuff, you know, my dream was always to be able to be on Saturday Night Live. Oh, nice. Um, so I grew up watching like In Living Color, Saturday Night Live, Mad TV. Mm. And even today, like I love just watching stand up comedy all the time and like mm-hmm. the Comedy Central roasts and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I would love when the musical guest would come in and do skits and uh, get to perform on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. That's so, funny. You you mentioned you mentioned Mad TV. That is not a very well like men, like it's not mentioned that often, and it's a very it's a cult classic. 
Oh my like, God, that show is so good. Yeah, it's so like uh, with Miss Swan, and then you had, uh, <laughs> and then you had uh, Stuart. Look at me, look at me. You had yeah. that guy. Uh, <laughs> look what I can do. That's what it is. Look what yes. I can do. Yeah, look, yeah. so those. Yes, and then like there was uh, like Shaniqua Bonifa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. Yep. Yep, classic, classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that mentioned. Then, so I'm kind of like, why is that not mentioned? Because I guess SNL kind of overshadows that. So, yeah, I yeah, but they were both so good to me. And honestly, um, SNL like hasn't been what it was. No, yeah. like growing up, it hasn't been that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're they're they they stick to the New York jokes. Like if you're not from there or you haven't lived in New York, certain jokes you wouldn't get. For kind of, sure. I feel like they have to get out of that realm a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't even tell you because I stopped watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was last two, like two seasons ago, they were talking about like how the Upper East Side is. And then like only New Yorkers will get the Upper East Side jokes. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what are you doing? But um, now you mentioned that Jenny Jackson and all of them are your favorite dan- dancers and stuff like that. Do you have any other ones besides that or just like yeah, those? Yeah. Um, her brother, Michael Jackson. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I love, I mean, that's just a person I could watch dance all day. Like, mm-hmm. it's so entertaining. Um, and then I remember, like, I think one of the first concerts I went to was the Velvet Rope Tour. I went in Rochester. My parents took me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't get over, like, the production of yeah. that show. It was so mm-hmm. crazy. And I looked at the dancers, like, damn near like almost on the same level as like janet jackson because they were just so amazing and Mm -hmm. uh, they were so cool to me Mm -hmm. and i think at that show usher was her opener Mm -hmm. and i was just i was also obsessed with him like his dancing was (laughs) i thought he was so cool Mm -hmm. i mean for me i started appreciating dancers as i told you before like when i started living with one um Mm -hmm. like i started appreciating chris brown more Mm-hmm. as a dancer i'm like because I, I was like ah singer regular. but then as my friend kept like she kept like showing me like dance videos and like ian eastwood was one of her favorite dancers and like megan batoon like those types of dancers and and even living in noho which is pretty much the heart of where dancers live because there's so many dance studios around that area mm-hmm. so i kind of it's just the appreciation for it is very very like i respect it way more now and it's like even watching like dance choreos like like I said, Chris Brown is like, I brushed them off. And then Sierra was another one that I brushed off. And I didn't realize that, whoa, those are some skill sets she has. No, for sure. I, I love um, performers and artists who have that in their bag of tricks because mm-hmm. I think dance is such a powerful tool. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's really something I enjoy doing mm-hmm. and watching. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. The lifestyle, I, I just... She she even brought me into her own like little diet. Sleeping was like maybe for four or five hours, and then she'd be in the studio like for like six hours dancing, and it the body wore out. And just like watching that is like, yo, you have to appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I remember um, the first tour that I booked mm-hmm. was um, the Rihanna Monster tour, mm-hmm. and I remember though that was like my first year in LA, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I just came from Chicago. I wasn't doing anything related to dance in Chicago. And so um, I would try to take classes when I first moved here, but mm-hmm. that was money. And 
I, you know, like I didn't have a steady paycheck, so right. I wasn't really taking class or training like I should have been. Mm-hmm. So I remember coming into rehearsals for Rihanna and I mean, I felt like I was dead at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I don't know how we did it. And there were other dancers who had like already been accustomed to that lifestyle of rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like do yoga after, or they would go hike before rehearsals. And I, I remember just being like, how the hell mm-hmm. are these girls mm-hmm. doing this? And I think I was actually the youngest one on that tour. And I totally felt like I was the most out of shape because I just was not used to that. Like I was mm-hmm. not built for that. My endurance was not there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. At least you build it though. But that must have been overwhelming for you at first, obviously. So crazy. Yeah, super overwhelming. Super overwhelming. Now you mentioned you you transitioned from like Chicago to LA. What was that transition like for you? It was amazing and it sucked <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. Coming from Chicago, I was in this, like, I was actually staying in this really nice apartment, like, with my ex-boyfriend, like, in a Mm -hmm. high-rise. It was just beautiful. We literally, like, were overlooking, like, Lakeshore Drive and, like, Soldier Field. Mm -hmm. And um, when I moved out here, I was going to be by myself, so I found two roommates on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, within, like, two weeks, I bought my ticket from Chicago Spent a little time in my hometown, Buffalo, like two weeks, and then just came out here to L.A. and I moved to North Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, And the area was much worse than it is now. Not much worse, but it just I wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I was just moving to like the hood. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it it does give you that vibe. Like there's certain (laughs) sections of NoHo that give you that vibe. Yeah, so I was like, oh my God, I remember I started crying when I uh, got into my bedroom. I'm like, oh my God, I have to go from like this beautiful apartment, privacy, mm-hmm. to like hanging out with these two new girls, um, sharing kitchen spaces, uh, mm-hmm. or all the common spaces. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually stayed in my room um, for like the first six months. I never came out to like watch TV or use the kitchen. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> was, whoa that was were they like what the hell's wrong with this were your roommates like what the yeah yeah actually i'm actually really good friends with my old roommate uh mm-hmm. who was here when i first got here and she like still makes fun of me like she thought i was so weird mm-hmm. just locked yourself <laughs> in the room like what are you, yeah. what, what are you doing You're like what are you doing there like <laughs> yeah. super quiet nothing smells nothing it's just super quiet like what is that like yeah yeah it's it's tough having roommates like when you when you're so used to not having them it's very yes for sure I was it wasn't that I wasn't interested in getting to know them I was just like was having a hard time accepting Mm -hmm. this was my new reality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and (laughs) but but you pick up a lot of stuff that you didn't know about yourself when you have roommates like for me it was I tend to leave cabinet doors open when I (laughs) when I grab a plate I tend to leave the cabinets open because I remember I like finished cooking and then I sit down and I look up in the kitchen, all the cabinets were open. That is so funny. I was actually just on FaceTime with my mom before this and um, Mm -hmm. one of my cabinets were open and she was like, can you please shut that? It's really annoying. Yeah. You you start to notice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You start to notice little things, but um, yeah. Now dancing at a very young age and having built the momentum and continuing to work in the industry, what is some of the best way to approach it when you first work with a lead artist based on your experience? Um, so like, so coming into like a rehearsal, like you already have the job. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it's just best to just keep your mouth shut and your mm -hmm. ears and eyes open and um, just go with the flow. Don't take anything personal. Be as humble as you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. um, and just be on your shit, really. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. The energy and your focus. Mm -hmm. And then like dancers, obviously, uh, they have agents and stuff like that. For a brand new dancer, what are like, what does an agent look for when signing a dancer as their new clients? What do they have to look for? Um, so when I came, I think I came in 2014. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a lot different than what it might be now. I'm not for sure, but I think that agents might be actually checking for like TikTok followers and, yeah. you know, like that influencer type of information. But um, when I came they basically just wanted to see me dancing. So I would have to get footage of myself either in the classes I was taking because mm -hmm. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a resume yet. So right. there was yeah. no like real footage, but um, I got footage from class. Then I would go home to my apartment or go to like a friend's apartment and we would record ourselves. I would use that footage, like basically anything showing them yeah. mm -hmm. proof that I can dance. Mm -hmm. um, and then I met them in person and they want to make sure like, this is somebody that they want to work with and represent. Am I friendly? Do I look like, do I seem like I'm going to be easy to work with for the artists and other dancers and other choreographers and creative directors? Um, yeah. So that, that's what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's, and then uh, has, has like, obviously COVID happened and is there like a different approach now? Or is it the, the approach is pretty much the same on how you approach agents? Like, you know, I'm not even sure. I've been out of the loop for a couple mm -hmm. years now. Like now I'll do dance gigs. Um, if like it comes to me, mm -hmm. per se. but I haven't auditioned for a while. I know that all my dance friends who are, who are still auditioning, um, it's all zoom based. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with with agents, I'm not sure how you would go about approaching an agent right now. I think you would just have to submit online and just try to email and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much like an actor or an actress. So yeah, just send it over and just hope for the best because venues are are they're dead pretty much for now, unless you're in Atlanta or Miami or stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, LA. Is, shut yeah. down. Yeah. How was that? How are you dealing with that? LA being shut down and everything. How are you? processing all of that being locked um, in and stuff i'm fine i, I enjoy being at home <laughs> oh, okay so. um i actually went back to my hometown buffalo for almost three months so nice. it was a nice opportunity to mm -hmm. just reconnect with family and friends mm -hmm. um, but yeah i'm fine i'm going with the flow with covid have you pick up any new hobbies on it or just going with the flow you know what i started braiding hair <laughs> nice I, I I started braiding hair and like maybe like a month into kind of taking it seriously because, you know, I needed like a side hustle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, within that like first month, I ended up braiding Janelle Monet's hair nice. for two magazine covers. Nice. It's so oh. random. And then after that, I was like, okay. <laughs> let me make a little instagram for yeah. how did that happen how did the tell us a story on that did you, monet 
Um, so basically we share like a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really close. And they're, our mutual friend is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And so um my best friend was basically kind of quarantining with them for a little bit. And so she would get tested all the time, but mm-hmm. I still wanted to see my friends. So then they would have me get tested so that I would be able to come hang out with all of them. Right. Yeah. So um since I was already tested and basically COVID safe. Uh, mm-hmm. Janelle was like, oh, I've, I've seen you do, uh, Steph's hair before. Like, would you be able to do mine? Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, girl, <laughs> I don't know if it, if it doesn't look right, please don't be upset. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a super professional and she has an amazing hairstylist already, but, mm-hmm. uh, she was trapped in New York because of COVID. So I was like, sure, I'll try. And it ended up working out great. The braids look beautiful. It was awesome. Crazy. Just off of like knowing people, that's insane. Just, mm-hmm. just having even even roommates. Like I had a roommate who was assistant to Rob Weiss, the creator of Entourage, and he would be like, "I'm going to Rob Weiss's house. Da 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 da. Do you want to come?" And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" You know what I mean? The next thing you know, I'm shooting a cigar, cigar for him. It's like, what? wow. He's like, "Here's a cigar box." Uh, I'm like, what is this? He's like, oh, this is BG Myers. Uh, I just want some photos on it because I'm a photographer and I do all that shit. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sweet, I'll do it. But the thing is, Rob Weiss wasn't at that, wasn't home at that time. It was just like me and his assistant at his home. And if you watch, Ant- I don't know, did you, did you watch Entourage at all or? No, I've never watched Entourage, and that is one thing that I need to like binge. Yeah, because it's very, it's a good, good. It's a very good show. Once you start, yeah, I've heard amazing things. Yeah, once you start, it's like male version of Sex and the City. Yes, I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much that, and it's based on Mark Wahlberg. That's all. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean the 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 story behind that is like the director, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Fuck, I forgot his name. Um, but the director and Rob Weiss, they went to college together and then they came up with the story Entourage. And then Rob Weiss kind of moved on and then the, the, I forgot, Doug Ellen. Doug Ellen moved on and then uh, Rob Weiss started making American Psycho and then Doug Ellen became good friends with Mark Wahlberg. And then, you know what? I cannot leave. Doug met good friends with Mark Wahlberg and then Doug was like, all right, I have this show Entourage about this guy in Hollywood, da 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 And then Mark came in and was like, all right, but let's do it based on my life. So like Ari, for example, in the show is a real Ari agent. There's an actual Ari. And <laughs> okay. So Ari, Ari Emanuel, that's the, that's, that's the character is based on. He's like the number one agent in Hollywood. Like if you have him, you'll never be out of work. But so he felt like, all right, I need to bring Rob Weiss in, in the show because I wrote the show with him in college. So it's kind of, that's how that kind of kind of that happened yeah but yeah, it's I need to watch it it's it's and then if the dog in the show is rob weiss's dog if you watch it you'll know what i'm talking about because <laughs> I, I definitely walk in the house and i'm like yo that dog looks mad familiar and he goes <laughs> my assistant goes yeah that's matt that's uh arnold from the show i was like get the fuck out of here i was like get the fuck out of here no yeah guess who's the neighbor i was like who hannah hendrix get the fuck out of here <laughs> And then the next day I go back and then I see Hannah Hendricks just walking her little poodle. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then two, two months, two like hills down from like two hills down, Charlize Theron and Quentin Tarantino are like neighbors. I'm like, get the, what? Wow. All this shit happened because of having a roommate like that. And that's what yes. I'm saying. To, 
to go back is like you never know with LA. You never yeah. like that moment living in that house in Laurel, Laurel Canyon was like a every day was like get the fuck out of here moments. <laughs> yeah that that has to feel because you're not are you from the east coast yeah yeah technically yeah okay right so yeah you do have those moments bro i mean i still i've been here for like eight years but i'm still like i still have those moments where i see someone and i'm like Mm -hmm. i can't believe i live here and like we go to the same places Mm -hmm. it's insane and the restaurants and the the, just just random people you run into Uh, as but that again it goes back to if you have a solid person in there that can get you into doors, LA is a good place to be in. Cause LA can be a very, very tough town. Yes, it can be. But you know what? I think, cause I was listening to your last episode with um, Nigel mm-hmm. and he said something too. He's like, so many things can happen for you within the industry or, you know, just in life in general, but yeah. those people have to fuck with you. Yeah. You have to build a relationship. Like have the people in this podcast. I do not know. I've never met, I've never met you in my life. Right. It's like, I don't, I don't know, Nigel. I don't know half of the, no. But it's the matter of always being consistent and always hitting people up without having to be annoying. Right. There's those people that are like too persistent. Like, okay, your persistency is a little bit annoying, but I get it. But yeah, but yeah, you have to just keep and then build relationships. And another thing is hit up people you want to work with that you that you are inspired by don't just hit up like people that you don't you know what i mean they're not going to be there for you like for example i i hit up um i hit up biggs who like you know biggs is like he jay-z and all that shit i hit him up random because i admire him i've always admired his work ethic his hustle he's the guy behind the scenes moving the plates i like shit like that like people behind the scenes moving the plates Mm -hmm. and so I hit him up and then, you know, and I go back to that advice of like, always hit up people you want to work with. And he responded. And next thing you know, I'm shooting some shit with him in London. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, with St. John? Yeah. Yes, that's so dope. I'm shooting next to him. Like, and he looked at me, he goes like, because the thing was, I got there because of St. John's manager. I'm cool with St. John's manager. And I happened to be in London and St. John happened to be in London. And then, so when I approach Biggs, Biggs kind of just has like a second glance, like, don't I know you from somewhere? I was like, yeah, Instagram. <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So next thing you know, I'm like, what am I? I'm shooting in London. I'm shooting a legend in London. And then, obviously, St. John, being St. John, legend. Like, he oh, makes that God. crowd move. Yes. He makes that crowd. And it was a really tiny, it's a tiny club in London called Tape. It's a very small, small venue. But I mean, he had the crowd and he was in the middle jumping up and down and he just brought a whole vibe. And you got to be a part of it. Yeah, randomly. But now as a dancer, obviously going back to dancing, how do you deal with like dancers block when prepping for a choreo routine and stuff like that? How do you come out of that block in your experience? So as a dancer, I don't really choreograph. So um, I don't have that issue. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of dancers who... They're not choreographers, but maybe they're dope freestylers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never been something that I have been good at because I've I've genuinely had a fear of it. Ah, <laughs> so this okay. is a great question. It's probably telling me that I need to force myself to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Because um, yeah, like for as far as real choreography goes, it's not a concern for me because 
I just, I don't choreograph. Yeah. I've, much better just learning other people's choreography mm-hmm. but um it is important and i think it's important almost on like a spiritual level to be mm-hmm. able to trust yourself to mm-hmm. come up with choreo or not choreography but just to freestyle anything really yeah yeah Are you, do, you, do you do like contemporary at all or is it just like whatever hip-hop whatever not anymore i i, I grew up uh classically trained and i also did modern t- contemporary all of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not so much anymore. What about like your singing career and stuff like that? Do you plan on dropping an album soon or are you on that realm? Um, I don't plan on dropping an album, but I'm definitely uh, planning on releasing a few singles this year, like mm-hmm. very soon. Have you started already or no? Just like started, still planning rele- it? started releasing them? No, no, like making them. Yeah, they're they're made. Oh, okay, so you're just, just like... timing it. now. And- yeah, yeah trying yeah. to do it like a smart way mm-hmm. as an independent yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like now the pros and cons of being in the industry as a, as a dancer, for example, what would you say those are? Um, I, I think the pros are crazy experiences, mm-hmm. um, getting to travel, getting to perform for like stadiums of people. If you're mm-hmm. with the right artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um or even something like you were talking about like tape in london it's a small space but there's that energy is like you it's it's such a great experience and to be a person performing and helping to like facilitate that energy Mm -hmm. is it's just like a priceless experience Mm -hmm. um i think the cons are the pay and um the pay and kind of like the it's almost like a thankless job in certain situations so you need to really love it don't expect to feel like appreciated Mm -hmm. um some artists are really great some choreographers are really great with making sure that you know that they know that you know um they care and that they're very grateful for your time your body your energy and they know that you're going you know they know that it's a strenuous job Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of these jobs you can get injured and you don't even have that you don't even have insurance yeah. to take care of your body and honestly my early on like my body started hurting mm-hmm. I had to make a decision if it was worth it for me to keep pushing it yeah um for the pay and for the experiences and for me like I had to start falling back because unfortunately it, it wasn't worth it for me but I, yeah. I also wanted to transition into artistry so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i get it because i mean you said you've been dancing since you were very young and sometimes at some point your body's going to just take a toll on you exactly doesn't matter so, how <laughs> yeah i wanted to give myself some grace so yeah, and i felt like I, I i got a nice um i had a nice run mm-hmm. so i i don't feel like i missed out on anything i had a really mm-hmm. nice yeah, yeah but speaking of the run how how did you end up working with uh how was that experience working with diddy in that run that was awesome um how did i audition for him i I went to an audition for diddy um where was the audition i don't know but i remember i had to freestyle (laughs) for that so i thought that i was fucked because because, uh his choreographer laurianne Mm-hmm. We started the audition. We learned some stuff, but then she was like, "Okay, before we do the, before we do the choreo, we're just gonna have you guys a uh, uh, freestyle." So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna put on the I'm just gonna put on the song. And it was before, do you remember that song "Finna Get Loose"? 
He, he performed it when he fell through the stage. I think. Oh, I think. shit. I do remember. <laughs> yeah. Holy. <laughs> holy. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Yes. He did it. it was him and Pharrell, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it was before that song was released, they played it in the audition and they just wanted to see how we would move to it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember saying, fuck it, I'm just going to go first. Because it was kind of like whoever jumped out. So nice. I just went first. I started freestyling. I felt nuts. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but Lorianne was like, she was such a like, she was just hyping me and she was mm-hmm. making me feel so good about whatever I was doing. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you what the hell I was doing. But um. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really good, and that, I ended up booking that audition. Mm-hmm. And even with Rihanna, um, Rihanna, that was my first year in LA, mm-hmm. and my homegirl Maria forced me to go to that to go to that audition. I wasn't gonna go because um, with auditions, I just had like really bad anxiety in general. Like oh, I would, okay. my mind would freeze up on me. I would forget choreography. Uh-huh. Um, I still can get really like in my head just because Mm -hmm. the word audition. Oh, okay. (laughs) The pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, But my homegirl like really just convinced me. She's like, girl, you're in LA. This is what you moved here for. Mm -hmm. At least come take it and just just consider it a free class. So that was what actually made me go. I'm like, you know what? She's right. Like, it's a free class. I can just go. It's a reason to get cute. Um, (laughs) And then actually, for, I made it through all the cuts. And then at the final cut, what do you think they had me do? Freestyle. The whole, sheesh. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I made it this far and I'm about to lose it all because I don't know how to freestyle. Oh. But um, luckily, and Rihanna was actually there for that round. So Whoa. it was like extra pressure. And I knew they were already looking at me crazy. Because Rihanna's a tall girl, so the height requirement started at five seven. I'm five four. So, okay, okay. So they had us line up tallest to shortest. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to get cut right now. They're gonna be mm. like, Didn't you read the email? Five seven. Mm. Um, but I had my Tim's on. I was like, I'm gonna wear my Tim's, they're gonna give me a little extra height. <laughs> um so anyways, that was in my mind too. I'm like, oh my god, I shouldn't be here. I don't know how to freestyle. But I happened to remember some choreography from the R. Kelly tour that I was on maybe like a mm-hmm. month before. And I was okay. like, Oh, I could I could put this choreo to the song they're playing. And then what happened was she Rihanna herself ended up loving it. It was like some kind of like uh ratchet choreo. so it was like it fit like i forget what song it was but it fit the song it was so ratchet it was like really sexy and she stood up and was like pointing at me and in my mind i'm like i'm having like an outer body experience like Mm -hmm. is rihanna really like geeking you up right now for this freestyle that's not a real freestyle (laughs) and um yeah it was awesome and i booked the job sheesh just (laughs) off of instinct yes off an I didn't instinct. know what else to do. <laughs> Off an instinct. It's, but it helps. It helps because it sometimes the product comes out very well. Now, speaking of products, B Bronze, wh- how did that come about? What sparked that idea? Um, so basically, I was working, before I started B Bronze, I was working for um, another company, mm-hmm. another mobile spray tan company. And um, I ended up branching out just because I didn't, 
feel like the pay, well, the pay was not enough and it wasn't fair. And I figured I could just do this by myself, book my Mm -hmm. own appointments, keep all the profits. And um, that's what I did. And just started it. And then what do you have like, what do you plan on doing with it in the future? Do you have any other ones or Um, behind it? So it's just me right now. Eventually, I, I would like to have people working for me because, um, okay. you know, I kind of am capping myself by having to be <laughs> having yeah. to do the work, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would like either to have people working for me or to have some type of product that I can sell mm-hmm. where I'm not having to put in uh, physical labor or time yeah. every time I want to make money. All of that. Yeah. All of that jazz. Now, besides what is something that people don't know about you that you could share with the world? Something that they don't know about you, something fun, something unique, something that they don't know about you. Huh. Um, some people might know, but I have this thing called, I have a, it's literally pretty much just an Instagram page, but it's called pretty girls love books. Mm -hmm. And I started it because because I was uh, kind of influenced by Two Chains when he did Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know why, but I'm like, okay, Pretty Girls like, Love Books. I don't I don't know why. I just wanted <laughs> to start that because of that. Because um, nice. I, I love reading. I've loved mm-hmm. reading since I don't know since I could read, um, <laughs> and I think that it's cool to uh, make especially younger girls feel mm-hmm. like that's a cool thing to do. You know, like I, I love trap music too, but it's also like a cute, to me, it's a cute brand to make girls, you know, feel pretty while they're doing something that's pretty uh, empowering and cool. Mm-hmm. Reading is cool. And I want more girls to read. What are some of your favorite books since you love, you said you loved reading. What are some of your favorite books or authors? Um, I love uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, mm-hmm. people say it different. I don't actually know the Carly or something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. I love The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. That, w- that was really helpful when I was trying to get out of a creative rut. Mm-hmm. Um, Ask and It Is Given by uh, Esther Hicks. Nice. That's a nice. book that's great. Um, actually, Big Sean just just referenced that book in his uh, his podcast episode with Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that interview yet? Uh, no, I have not. The clips are kind of like going around right now. It's pretty recent, but he just talks about how life changing that book was for him. Was it that interview where he talked about like him committing suicide almost? Yes. Okay, that's I gotta watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Same interview. I watched it probably three times so far. <laughs> Jesus. Did you end up watching the, the Megan and Harry interview? Because everybody's like going around saying that they've seen it. And... I did watch it. I did watch it last night. I kept dozing off here and there, but I did watch it. It was pretty sad and infuriating. But yeah, they, and, uh, they spilled a lot of tea. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for me, coming from Europe as a European, I'm like, yeah they need some exposure. Like, I'm glad they're doing this interview because some of these fuckers just get away with too much. Well, you know, so my mom is from uh, Liverpool, England. Mm-hmm. So I um, I did watch, I did follow the Royals, I guess, from like a, a young age. Yeah. And I kind of had even a recent like um, obsession mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of with Princess Di. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so it is it is kind of scary mm-hmm. watching the media over there yeah. do that to Megan in yeah. the same fashion that they did it to uh, Princess Diane. Yeah. yeah, It's almost like Britney. It's almost like they're treat they treated her like a Britney Spears like yes, yeah. exactly when I was when I watched Framing Britney that's what I kept thinking about Princess Diana mm-hmm. it's the exact same yeah I remember I was in living in Europe in 97 when that happened yeah because I'm wow. from Albania you were in New York you said yeah I lived in New York oh okay are those where you had the pictures with Lenny S yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stalking your page a little bit yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, okay. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny's dope, man. But I, I feel like every time Lenny sees me, he does, he, he forgets who the fuck I am. He's like, who are you again? <laughs> it's like Lenny, come on, man. So that picture, that last picture of when I took a photo of him, like throwing the deuces up, I don't think he wanted to take that picture because he was still trying to grasp <laughs> who the fuck I was. That's so funny. I mean, he meets a lot of people every day. Yeah. So, but still, no, you need to interview him. I, I, I actually have. I we talked. On, I actually met Lenny at Summer Jam 2017 when I was working in Summer Jam, and I uh-huh. walk up to him and I'm like, "Yo, Lenny, big fan." He just starts giving me advice as a photographer. I was like, it's "Like, yeah, man, <laughs> everything that you do and his photos that you take, you know, it's all yours. You know what I mean? It's all yours. Make sure you keep all of it." That's what Lenny said to you? Yeah, I was like, all right, man, all right, got you, I got you. And then Cardi B walks by and she's like, you see? She like, like stuff like that, moments like that, you know what I mean? Capture moments like that, you know what I mean? And then we started dozing off because DJ Cassidy came by and he was like, you know what, start off here. Grab a picture of me and him. Grab the picture of him and, and DJ Cassidy. And then he goes, you know what? I was like, where, where, can I, uh, where can I send you these photos? Oh, here's my email. And then we just started shooting the shit from there. And yeah. But yeah. every time he sees me, he's still like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you should just uh, keep a name tag on you. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? was watching, um, I was watching the, I forget who, whose episode it was on Drink Champs with um, Noriega. Yeah. And someone brought up a story. Oh, I think it was DMX. Mm-hmm. And DMX brought up a story from like, he, when, when he was on tour and, in somewhere in Florida and how Lenny S was in the car and Ja Rule was in the car and they got pulled over. They ended up having to walk like mm-hmm. on the expressway and some random like fan girl picked them up mm-hmm. and started um, talking shit essentially about Ja Rule not knowing Ja Rule was in the car because she felt like he was like a DMX wannabe. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was just funny to me that Lenny S was in the car. I'm like, damn, he's a part of so many like random. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's if you there's another st- if you've seen the interview, Lenny S explains his story thoroughly on Low Key's. Um, I don't know, this, Low Key. He does like Low Apple. News. Yes, I didn't realize he has a podcast. He has a podcast, and I think episode. I think it's the earliest episode where Lenny talks about how he came up from the Bronx, how he was a street team for Bad Boy, and then he believed in Jay Z more, so he went with rock like shit like that. Like he he started off with Bad Boy, and then he moved to like Rockefeller, and stories like that, like shit like that. I'm like, wow, yeah, because there was. Yeah, I have to watch that. I'm gonna watch that today. Crazy, crazy, crazy stories. Yeah, I love uh, hearing those. But yeah, towards the end of the podcast, I have these uh, 10 rapid questions I got from Inside the Actor Studios. And the first one is, what is your favorite word? Um, yes. What is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on in life? 
good energy. What turns you off in life? Negativity. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the rain. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, I hate that uh, that default iPhone alarm. Oh yeah. You know, like the eh, eh, eh. Mm-hmm, I actually mm-hmm. started using the alarm on um, the Alexa, and that is it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so calm and beautiful yeah. and relaxing. You're like, doo, doo, doo. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Uh, fuck. What is what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, maybe maybe some like a chef. I would love to be a chef. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like specific foods you like to cook? You love to cook or? No, I'm not a good cook. Oh. <laughs> but you'd like to try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Um, I did listen to the last episode and it made me think of the same answer. So sorry if this is like a cheap answer, but I would not want to serve. I did serve before when I first mm-hmm. moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh, it's just the worst. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, you did good. <laughs> yeah. Any last word you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? And where can they follow you on the social? Um, just a shout out to everyone who's helping me and supporting me and my dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can follow me at Bianca Muscatelli. Or Muscatelli, I like how you said Muscatelli, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, and that's on all, well, mostly just on Instagram. That's where I am. Mm-hmm. This was another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast featuring Bianca Muscatelli. Peace. <laughs>